Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me again, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. Grumpy. Yes. Oh, grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. Yeah. I mean, I realized that my prediction was correct on the Islanders getting six out of six points against Buffalo Sabres. I believe you thought they'd get four. Uh, oh, oh yeah, Grump. For certain I did. I thought we were going to lose one of those games. But, Grump, I'm smiling for a different reason, Grumpy. What's the reason? Why are you smiling? Well, I want to first say, Grump, you're wearing an you're wearing a uh, New York Islanders jersey, which is very rare on this podcast, despite it being an Islanders podcast. But, Grumpy, your average Anders, as you so endearingly give him the name, has been playing oh so well, Grumpy. Well, uh, the reason why I'm wearing this jersey today, since you asked about it, was because the Islanders brought out their woeful alternate jersey yesterday, which is you know just another jersey. They had probably just had some extra. Uh, material laying around in the back room so they just figured that they would you know roll those out where i think if you were going to do an alternate jersey you look at some of the alternate jerseys we talked about it earlier but you look at some of the other alternate jerseys around the league and they're really sharp and you know the islanders is like come on at least put a, a, a at least pretend to put some effort into it i mean i think that enough time has passed where I bet you a lot of kids would absolutely love to get this uh, this type of Islander jersey with the Fisherman logo. What? Yeah, Grump, for certain. Again, hold on. I, I don't want you to change the subject here, Grump. It sounded like you were just trying to politicize your way out of that answer. You Wrong asked question. me about the jersey, did you not? No, I, I just you said did. it was odd. For, I said it was odd for you to be wearing an Islanders jersey. My big question, though, Grump, was Anders Lee has been heating up. You want to talk about good performance from your endearing name of Average Anders. Grump, in the last 11 games, eight goals, four assists, has been playing very well. I have been championing that his name needs to be changed from Average Anders to at least Above Average Anders or Captain Average, Grump. I don't know which one you would feel more comfortable calling, but Average Anders does not fit anymore. Okay, first of all, you realize this year against Buffalo, how many games you played Buffalo now? Six? Uh, yes, I believe six games. Uh, so he's has six goals and one assist. So the one team he can really score against is Buffalo. Let's see if he can do it against the good teams in the league. That's all I have to say. That said, uh, I, I think he, I, he played very well this weekend. Matter of fact, the team as a whole, okay, we played well, but let's pump the brakes. This is the honeymoon period of our schedule right now. These are the teams we should be beating. Uh, when we go up against the big boys, then I'll be interested to see how he does. And I'm I'm hesitant to call him captain average or above average. Well, he's certainly not above average, but maybe captain average can come back into the lexicon eventually. But last time I did that, he went and he tanked it for a, no, for a number of games because it seems like he can't stand prosperity. So I'm not going to give him too many kudos, even though he has he has done well against Buffalo. I will say that. Oh, my gosh, grumpy old man. Uh, before you address that, we do have an ad to read there from DraftKings. And you've heard us talk about DraftKings before, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to get the front row seat of all the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement there to every night, and it's simple to do. Uh, draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. 
Every moment means more with DraftKings lineups on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. And DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and use the code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit and the code THPN to get a free entry with their first deposit only at DraftKings. A minimum of a $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions apply and see DraftKings.com for details. Grump, I want to go back to the comments you were making about Anders Lee, though. I really do. Um, he's played well, and there was actually a score chart, grumpy old man, that I'm going to go ahead and show you. Do you remember how we had talked and talked and talked about how Anders Lee, and I've always said it, is a poor man's Dave Anderchuk? Do you remember that? Yeah, broadcast man's Dave Anderchuk, correct. Not poor man, broadcast man. Uh, He's he's not going to have 500-plus goals in his career. He's not. He's not even going to have 400 like Patrick Kane. That's not going to happen either. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's funny. You mentioned about the scoring chart. Grumpy old man, I want you to look at this. You talk about the battles he's been winning down low. And this is and this is the big issue that we had last year. Wasn't winning a lot of those battles, which I think resulted in the lack of the goals numbers on the score sheet. This year, he's been winning a lot of those battles down low along the board. has been doing a stupendous job in that category. Grump, but this is a little score chart that I think you will find interesting there. Um, different plots i guess where he scored his goals from so far this season grumpy yeah i don't find it interesting that's exactly what he is that's the player he is and right now he is he is he's on a he's on a heater right now so i want to see if we can keep it up uh he's got 12 goals leads the team in scoring uh and i'm ecstatic that he's performing the way he is right now i think like i said he's hot right now you can tell caveat of course Buffalo's defense is absolutely woeful down low. They're they're pathetic down low, which benefits him. That's why I'm kind of uh, – I'm I don't want to say anything negative because he's been playing really, really well, but I want to wait till we play some of the better teams in our division uh, where he can do that on a more consistent basis against them before he gets elevated. I'll put it to you like this. Um, we are in a honeymoon stage. I mentioned this last podcast, and I told you, Grump. I thought this was a real chance where we continue the we could continue the point streak over what would have been a seven game time period. We had three games, which we beat the Buffalo Sabers every single game: Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday of this week, five to two. We had our game against the Boston Bruins. Do I think we're going to continue our stroke of luck? I wouldn't call it luck, but our stroke of success against the Boston Bruins here uh, this season with another regulation victory. Who knows? Uh, but then you have three games coming up against the, the New Jersey Devils. Definitely what was a cushy part of the schedule before we hit a very, very tough 12-game stretch uh, in the month after that, in the month mid-March there until mid-April. So we definitely have a tough portion of the schedule coming up there after. But right now we're taking care of business against the teams that we need to take care of business with. And that is extremely important, especially when you're talking about a very, very tight and contested Eastern division. Yeah. I mean, right now, how could you not be happy with how we're doing? I'm just – I just Buffalo's really freaking bad. I mean, they're really bad. They're they're a team in shambles right now. Ever since COVID break, I think they're 2-9-1. and one. Uh, We caught them at a good time. Uh, Skinner scored his first goal of the year today. Uh, Eichel scored – did Eichel score the other day? I can't even remember. But, it, it, but here's the thing. 
they're, I think they've got five or four or five goals the whole year, their first line, or their big guys, you know, Skinner, Eichel, and Hall. And, you know, they're not going to be like that all year. So I'm glad we're, uh, that, that we played them now. But there was a real negative to this weekend series, and that's the fact that we only get Buffalo two more day, two more games the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, Grumpy, I, I'll tell you, they we definitely play well against the Buffalo Sabres, as we should. I mean, they're a very, very miserable team. They're a cellar dweller. Um, the fourth line, also this week, I guess you can say this extended weekend from Thursday through Saturday, that three-game stretch we had against the Buffalo Sabres, five goals. And I'll tell you, they had some real pretty ones that I think are definitely worth mentioning, uh, grumpy old man. I mean, the first one came from your boy, the $6 million man. It was an unbelievable – it was almost from an impossible angle, grumpy old man. It was impossible. He just – I mean, he was behind the net uh, in the corner. He just threw it towards the net, and it banged off the goalie's face mask and into the goal. I mean, you know, anytime you're scoring a goal like that, that's luck. I mean, yeah, and here's here's the video there clip uh, for those who are watching either live or watching there on YouTube and post. Man, oh man, <laughs> you talk about I knew it. I, if he had that situation, I, I think that puck goes in one out of a hundred times. <laughs> no, it goes one out of a million if Matt Martin is shooting it, and we just happen to see the one that he put in. Goalie, I mean, like he said originally, the, the netminder's in good position, but as the puck comes in, he starts moving his head away from the post, which is kind of what allows that puck to squeak in, which is the oddest part about all of it. I mean, like, again, goalies don't want to get hit in the face like that. That's why you see them kind of weaning away. But, man, oh, man, you talk headshot in the net. What an unbelievable goal, Grumpy. I'll tell you that much. And uh, that wasn't it. I mean, like the fourth line really produced well here. It's unfortunate that, you know, it was all in a short span against the Buffalo Sabres where really the production wasn't as necessary. I mean, every single game we played against the Buffalo Sabres, we were in control for the majority of the game. I mean, like you can maybe argue in the second game on Saturday, the first period we weren't in complete control, but it, it was a dominant second period that really set us apart. And, and that was how today's game went too, bro. Well, it was the Matt Barzal which turned the game around yesterday. Uh, that beautiful goal uh, again with Ritzelainen, the defenseman, who's a big guy, six foot five, two thirty, right? And he just outpowered him to the net and just made one of those, you know, uh, I call them training camp goals, because you know you never expect to put that in during a real game. It was fantastic, and you know, as he goes, the team goes. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I hearken back to the first goal that with that Dobson scored against Buffalo uh, on Thursday night. It was a beautiful. It was a beautiful play. I wrote because I, I, you know, I write things down because just in case I forget, I like to have them written down. No one can actually read what's written except for me, and not even me all the time. But it was a nice give and go with Everly and Barzal. Uh, Barzal makes the pass to Everly. Uh, I don't know if you had that first goal or not. Yeah, yeah well, okay, here's, you, did. Here's. you did. But it was real subtle. Everly takes his time, slows up. Matt Matt Barzal drives the net, draws two defenders to him, which opens up the ice for Dobson. And he just gets in, just snaps it top shelf. I mean, just a real subtle play there. Where, but here's the thing: Buffalo is freaking bad defensively. I mean, that's why I want to. I, all the Islander fans who want to, you know, hey, let's you know dust off our mantle places for the cup. Just remember that this is freaking Buffalo, and I don't want to rain on anyone's parade because we are playing really well. I think all four lines are contributing right now, uh, but. You know, in a couple of in a couple of weeks, 
we're going to be playing some really, really tough competition. It's not even a couple. It's not even. Hold on, Grump. It's not even a couple of weeks. It's after this week we start to play some real competition again. I mean, we play Boston on Tuesday, and then this this week we have the same or we have a similar setup to we're playing uh, two games over the weekend against the Devils, and I think that's when the schedule starts to pick up thereafter. Yeah, Uh, I'd be happy with one point out of two against Boston. And honestly, we should sweep the Devils because they're playing pretty poorly right now as well. So, I mean, the, gosh, the Rangers just stomped them yesterday. Uh, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I just I just want to I just want people just to temper their enthusiasm a little bit for as excited we are as we are because hey, we're in first place right in the division right now. Yes, we are. Let me tell you something. Washington's really freaking good. Washington looks like they're getting better and better all the time. I'm worried about Washington. <laughs> I, I will tell you this though. You mentioned a few items there, Grump. And again, like I want to go back there to the schedule, right? It's gonna be the same exact layout this upcoming weekend that we had against Buffalo this last weekend. We're gonna play the Devils on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Again, the times are gonna be a little different though. Um biggest point here though, right? The schedule is gonna pick up temper enthusiasm just a tiny bit. But I there were a lot of highlight real goals scored by the Islanders over this three game stretch. And I think that's what's got me excited more than anything else. I mean there weren't there weren't garbage goals or there weren't goals where it's like, hey, it's a mistake made by the goalie. We had some really impressive scoring chances and we executed on them, grumpy old man. Obviously the most impressive is goal of the year candidate uh, or what will be, I'm sure, goal of the year candidate there by Matt Barzal, which we will bring up. But today, man, oh man, Cal Clutterbuck gets that puck up there in the toy department and it was pretty and beautiful. But, okay, here's the thing. You want to know why we're able to have those? Because we don't make pretty plays like that against most teams, right? Buffalo is freaking bad defensively. They're horrid defensively. Uh, you know, Eddie Olchuk made a couple of really – you know, I don't want to jump ahead because I kind of want to go through game by game if we could a little bit as we kind of roll through. Well, I want I want to talk about the fourth line, Grub. I want to finish up there and talk the okay. rest about the fourth line. I mean, okay. this was a great and beautiful play there by Cal Clutterbuck. He wins it. Obviously, defenseman kind of loses, you know, gets his uh, skate dug into the ice there. He can't really go ahead and regain footing. But, I mean, it was a good job of finishing here by Cal Clutterbuck. I, that's all I'm saying. Okay. The fourth line has played well. Okay. Well, this three-game stretch. Again, I'm taking I'm taking it with a grain of salt. It's okay. against the, the Buffalo Sabres. The defenseman turns the freaking puck over to Cal Clutterbuck, then stumbles and falls down. He has all the ice in front of him. It's like a practice goal. It's like, okay, this is what we do at the end of practice. Let's whip it out there. That's what you can do with a team that's really bad. Look at him tumbling. It looks like me out there. That's what I look like, falling flat on my face. That's exactly what it looked like. I mean – that's what I'm saying. They're so bad. And even Anders Lee, I mean, and he has played well. But, my gosh, he he absolutely dominated down low. I mean, even on today's the, – the game, the goal today where he – I thought it was a fantastic deflection, really strong bottom hand on a really smoking pass from Everly. Ristolainen had played him so well up to that point, and then the power play went over, and he just lets him go. And I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, Darlene was terrible. I mean, their, their defense corps is a shambles. I'll tell you one thing. Rasmus Darlene, as well as he can skate, as well as he can pass, the defensive side of the puck is still something that he's working on. I mean, that goal that he 
I, I fault him a little bit there. That pass was great by Jean Gabriel Pajot. And the same token, though, man, oh man, you got to mark your man. He just wasn't paying attention, just lets his guy Sezika slip right past, and he has an open shot there to unload on the goalie. I mean, that's one if you're dulling, you want to say, oh crap, you know, <laughs> it's almost flying. That puck's flying right past me. That's my job. That's my guy. I have to mark. That's not a good job by me. So, yeah, I mean, like their defense, their defense made a lot of mistakes here, grumpy old man. And that's why we were able to see that explosion. Three games the Islanders win in a row. Five to two in that same exact scoring fashion. I'll tell you, it's it was it's it's encouraging. It's always nice to see. We have to go ahead and do temper expectations. I do understand, but this this is a goal here. I want to get back to the beginning of this play, Grump. Look at this here. It was a good Excellent play by Josh play. Bailey. Excellent yes. play by Bailey. Where sometimes I don't understand. You know, I know why they do it, but you know what? Maybe it's wiser if you're Buffalo, just pull the puck back out. As opposed to, you know, saying, oh, we got that force field up at the blue line. And that, you know, it's like, okay, you're allowed to pull the puck back out if you have to. And Bailey created that turnover. Yes, um, he did. For certain. It was a nice pass there by Brock Nelson to get that there to Bavillier, who was streaking there towards the net. And it was a good play all around, Grump. And that's the biggest thing about all this. As I'm thinking when I saw this play, I'm like, this is a great play from start to finish by the second line when it comes to the forward unit. That is a beautiful play from start to finish. The effort and the ability to disturb the play by Josh Bailey. He's able to go ahead and feed that over. Brock Nelson makes a perfect feed there to Anthony Bavillier, and he finishes. I'm like, that's the antithesis of a perfect perfect play there from start to finish. Absolutely. And, you know, we had 15 goals, and that's the only point that Josh Bailey had. And it was a secondary assist. So good job, Josh. Hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, without a doubt. I, you know, hey, I'm bagging on Bailey, right? But he created that with his pressure with his pressure on the defenseman. Uh, oh, hey, hold on. Is this Lou Lamarillo? Uh, no, it's somebody else. We'll just have to call him back because we are podcasting right now, so I'll have to call him back. Thank Is you. it Ralph Kruger, Grump? The no, Ralph, thing well, Ralph Kruger, it was Ralph, and he wanted to know if we had an extra spot on the podcast because his career as an NHL coach is just about up. I was about to say, he's going to be in the unemployment line there as an NHL head coach sooner rather than later. And, hey, we've always got a spot there for a guy who, you know, he's got some NHL experience. For certain, we always have opening arms. You want to talk about a guy who's had an odd path. Grump – Obviously, his his time with the Sabres are probably going to be cut short. I do not see how he's grumpy old man is going to be able to make it through a full season. I just don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I had no idea. In 2014, he was an NHL coach involved in NHL actions there up until 2014. Then he took over as a chairman of Southampton Football Club, uh, bouncing between the Premier League as well as uh, championship football. Um, and he did that. He was in soccer from 2014 to 2019. And then right after he got canned there as the chairman there of Southampton, he moves in. He's the head coach there for the Buffalo Sabres. You want to talk about an odd and interesting path there for Ralph, Ralph Kruger. Yeah, and he was hired by Jason Bottrell, and, you know, he's gone. So Kevin Adams is now the, the uh, GM, and he had a press conference on Friday. I, I'm going to tell you what, Kruger's not lasting out the uh, I won't say he won't last out the year, but here's the thing. He definitely won't be back next year. I was surprised. Now, I believe that uh, Daryl Sutter was just hired by Calgary. Yes, he was. Uh, I think that's the type of coach that Buffalo needs, a taskmaster, because, I mean, they're just so sloppy fundamentally out there, and their defense, like I said, just uh, they're bad. I mean, they're bad. And – you figure they need somebody like that to kind of turn them around. 
I don't know if uh, Sutter didn't want to leave, you know, the uh, Western Canada region. Uh, Sutter Sutter likes to be there on the West Coast. And again, like even when he went to Los Angeles to coach there for the Kings, he likes to be on the West Coast. I don't think he wants to coach there. If he had his preference, I don't think he wants to coach on the East Coast. Well, like I said, but they need somebody like that. They're going to they're gonna need a taskmaster to be their next coach in there. So, uh, you know, I mean, Buffalo has talent, right? I mean, there's, look at that goal. Oh. Incredible. I want to bring this up. We had a few. We had a few clips to show for everybody who does watch there live or on YouTube. You get, I guess, the benefit of seeing the actual clips there from the week. But man, oh man, what an unbelievable goal and an unbelievable play there by Matt Barzal. It's it's beautiful. I mean, it's it's definitely gonna be up for candidate for goal of the year, grumpy old man. Yeah, without a doubt. And up till that point uh, yesterday, we were playing kind of lackluster. Not we weren't getting. I I'm not saying that. I was afraid that Buffalo was going to beat us, but we weren't, we didn't have that extra gear. And that goal sparked everything for the rest of the game. I think we scored three goals like in uh, five and a half minutes. I have it written down here somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I think we scored uh, three goals in, I don't know. I can't read my own writing. But we, we, get, we get the point though, Grumpy. Three goals in very, very rapid procession. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, but everything was not rosy for the Islanders this weekend, as much as we like to make it sound that way. Uh, Sorokin on Thursday night, I'm glad he played two games this weekend. Uh, he gave up a huge rebound that led to the Taylor Hall goal, which made it two to one, a little bit uncomfortable at the time. Uh, you know, but I, I'll tell you what, you can't be, you can't be disappointed with how we got six points this weekend. That's why you can't be unhappy. I was about, I mean, and you come out of there I, again. Buffalo is no shot there to make the playoffs in the Eastern uh, Division. And the same token, though, you get three regulation wins. Your offense starts to hopefully pick up momentum. The power play is still looking good and strong. Um, you're right. Uh, the the rebound control is going to continually be the issue there for Sorokin this season. I mean, even he had a few of those opportunities where you definitely thought he was going to swallow the puck. There was kind of hitting the midsection, and it kind of like bounces the rebound out there. So again, that's that's the biggest point of improvement there for him today. And they kind of led in a week, y'all. So the puck almost handcuffed in their glove side. Um, Okay, nothing huge, no big deals, but you know, it, it's as much praise and adulation as we give him. It's worth also mentioning where mistakes are made too. Yeah, and I thought Scott Mayfield had an up-and-down weekend this weekend. I thought uh, he had a terrible turnover on Thursday night uh, where we're lucky that Wallstrom didn't get an interference penalty coming back. Uh, and today, uh, he he just misplayed the Skinner goal. I mean, play the man. I mean, you got to figure that Sorokin's going to cover that short side on the wraparound. Don't, don't go down on that play. And it wound up, it wound up costing him. Uh, it didn't cost us the game, but I just thought he could have played that a little bit better. Well, I mean, if you look, if you look at it, right, we were we were in a commanding three to nothing lead, um, and then they go ahead and they score two goals quickly, and you're kind of thinking to yourself as the Islanders, like, okay, gotcha, now it's now it's game on, uh, and that's when Clutterbuck was able to cement things away there with that nice, beautiful goal up in the toy department. Uh, but yeah, yeah, grumpy. I mean, like things could have definitely changed there, but we finished the game strong, and uh, yeah, I understand there. He did have a very nice goal though. Uh, I think it was on Saturday against the Buffalo Sabres, though. He kind of was able to have a chance to step into that with a nice wrist shot and put it behind, put it in the net. Right. Uh, you know, hey, good for him. Now, on and on Saturday, he engaged on the offensive end, Mayfield did, and he had a beautiful top-shelf goal. I mean, fantastic, right? 
I like him better when he plays defense. This was an issue that when in the last year of Doug Waite, he was jumping up. He thought he was Bobby Orr. And that's the one thing that I worry about with Scott Mayfield is sometimes he thinks he's, you know, Paul Coffey, Bobby Orr, uh, you know, Ray Bork. He's not. Uh, you know, he can chip in the occasional goal, but I don't want him thinking that he needs to be driving the net all the time. It did pay off there, but I think uh, there's other guys on this team who are more equipped to handle that particular role. It's also worth me mentioning, I give Nicoletti a lot of shtick. I thought he played really well this weekend. I thought, And again, it's the Buffalo Sabres, but I thought he played really well this weekend. He did a great job of carrying it there from the defensive end where he had pressures and four checkers there of the Buffalo Sabres on him. He was able to carry it from end to end and actually not turn over the puck and successfully enter the zone and get some offensive possession there in the in our, in the uh, in the Buffalo Sabres defensive zone. So, again, I thought he did a pretty good job here this weekend. He did a good job defensively, too, as much as Schick as I do give him. He played well this weekend for certain. Yeah, um, without a doubt. Uh, you know, it, you look at how many assists our defense has, and it's really surprising. I mean, Letty's got 15 assists. Pulak has 10. Uh, Dobson, I think, has 9 or 10 now. I mean, it, it means that we're getting more production from our D, which I'm happy with, and the fact that, uh, like I said, I think Dobson's game has jumped. I know we're going to talk a little bit later about some of the young players who are up with the big team. Uh, but I've been really, really impressed with his development this year. Well, yeah, Grump. I mean, like, if you're going to bring it up, let's go ahead and bring it up. I, I did have a question. Um, and again, this is, I guess, for everybody, too, out there. Oliver Wallstrom is coming in the, in the stride, and so is Noah Dobson. They're really starting to feel comfortable. They're really starting to produce. My question for you, Grump, and for everybody here listening to live stream, and even in post, leave it in the comment section below, who are you more excited about for their future with the Islanders? Is it Noah Dobson or Oliver Wallstrom? I mean, I, I think both of them have done an excellent job so far this season, but it's something I was thinking and pondering a little bit back, Rump. I wanted to get your feedback first. If it's just those two you're talking about of the young players, it's going to be more exciting to watch uh, Oliver Wallstrom. You can – there's certain things. you can. He's improving by leaps and bounds. Today, for instance, on the power play, he just doesn't stand in one spot. He moves. He's ready to get that puck to shoot. He took, he took from that trigger spot. He slides into right in front. Uh, he slides right uh, at the hash, but right in the middle of the ice, looking for a pass. I mean, he's he's moving on the power play. His passing is so much better. His physicality in the game. My gosh, he got into a scrap on Thursday night, right? He's not afraid to drop the gloves. I mean, you look at him body checking. He's not afraid to throw the body. This kid has made a like I said. I often mention on his podcast. I was kind of underwhelmed a little bit with certain aspects of his game, with the exception of the shot when he played in the World Juniors two years ago. This kid's taking a quantum leap jump. You're not here's it. He's never leaving the lineup for the next however many years. That's how good he's been, and he's getting better and better all the time. You can just tell. You can just tell he's going to make that jump probably next year. They say the second year jump. Watch out for him next year. So my question, you think you're more excited to watch Oliver Wallstrom's there future with the Islanders. You're more excited about his future than Noah Dobson, if I understand that answer correctly. Is that correct, Crump? No. I'm just going to say he's the flashy one because he scores the goals. But Noah Dobson, he does so many things subtly, so well. And when he starts putting on some man weight, he's going to be an absolute beast back there too. We're in good shape with those two guys. It's funny when you, when you, you know, sometimes TJ says, oh, hey, I might throw this question at you before the podcast. Usually he doesn't, but he happened to today. And I'm like, you know what? It made me thinking. We have four players on this team 
who are real could be real rocks for this franchise going forward for the next 10 years. Barzell, Sorokin, Wallstrom, and Dobson. I mean, think about that. Those are guys who all have a chance to be elite. And I mean, I, you could even argue that Barzal has a chance to be a franchise caliber player. He already is. When I mean franchise caliber player, Grump, I'm talking about top 10 guy in the league. I'm talking about one of those guys where it's all scared of some guys. He's top 10, no doubt. That's what I'm talking about when I say franchise. Elite, I'm talking about he would be a first-line caliber player on any team. I mean, franchise, I really think that Matt Barzal has a chance to be a franchise caliber player. If he, if the, that's your criteria, if he played on another team, he'd already be that. You got to remember, he has to subjugate his game to a great extent playing for the Islanders because that's just the style we play. It's defense first. And if he was on a team, you know, anybody, if he was on Colorado or Edmonton or, uh, you know, any of those high-flying teams, he would already be a franchise player. If he was on Edmonton, he'd have 40 points so far this season. I mean, the record would still be just about the same because they still the defense <laughs> and the net mind he still isn't ironed out there for the Oilers. Um, but, yeah, if he was with Edmonton, he'd have 40-plus points so far this season, no doubt about it. I mean, they're a high-flying team there, Grump. Um, but, yeah, that, that's what more I mean. I, I think that with those four guys, it, you definitely start feeling comfortable with how things look. Um, they're going forward for certain here, Grump. It's just something I was pondering about. I mean, offensive-wise, I think that uh, Wallstrom is something we don't have, which excites me for certain. I mean, he's he's one of those caliber players, a true sniper. I mean, I'll, Jordan Eberle, to a certain extent, is a sniper. Very, very streaky, though. Um, but I, I think Oliver Wallstrom has the potential to be a better sniper there than Jordan Eberle, even during his peaks. Uh, so, again, I'm obviously excited about that. Uh, and, and Noah Dobson – He's got that innate ability already at such a young age to know when he needs to step up and join the four check there and to help create and drive offensive opportunities. He's got the ability to skate back to cover himself as well. He's got the body and the frame and the size too, where he can body off and be a big rock down low. So I, obviously both are great. If I'm thinking who I'm most excited to see continue playing, it's probably Oliver Wallstrom, a little different than yours here, Grump. The only reason being is we talked about the Islanders need to have a real top line, a top line winger. I think Oliver Wallstrom, as he continues to grow, will grow into that role as a true number one right wing, where he's a guy where it's like, wow, this is a uh, this is an elite caliber player in the NHL. Yeah, uh, I he's already got a better shot than Everly. I mean, Everly is uh, he's not an elite sniper. I like Jordan Everly. Uh, this kid's an elite. He's got an elite shot. Uh, and it's funny because I was thinking when I see him start to play better and better, I'm like, man, if we had one more sniper like that, like a Patrick Line, for instance, if we had somebody like that, we'd be really, really tough to beat. Because when you got guys who can just score off the rush like those type of players can, it really – the way we play defense and the way we're structured, if we can get some easy goals like that on fantastic shots and not have to work so hard, would just make us – it would – it make us so much more difficult to beat. I was about to say, I think he can grow into that role where he's a Patrick and in the ilk of a Patrick Line A caliber player. And that's what I mean. Like that's that's what's got me excited about him. And I guess we I'm spoiled. And I think all of us Islander fans are spoiled when we see no adoption. I think we understand and respect his level of play and how he's been producing so far this season. But we have been spoiled as to how much he would be praised on another team. Because on teams that have defensive issues, which the Islanders have not had a defensive issue really since Barry Trotz has joined and started coaching our team, 
he would be valued like a guy in, in the caliber of, hey, he can grow into a guy like Eric Carlson and have the praise of a guy like Eric Carlson back in his prime. Again, I think Eric Carlson, not a great actual defensive defenseman. But my thing is, you talk about the hype and the praise that Eric Carlson received. I think he would be receiving that type of hype and praise as he's growing and stepping into it. But because we're such a good defensive-oriented team, it kind of just gets a little shuffled in the wayside, in my opinion. None of our players are ever going to get mentioned as the top players in the league because of the style we play. There's there's really not a – Barzell a little bit, but there's no real individual aspect to our team or our players. And, you know, you mentioned Carlson. Carlson's a winger playing defense. Britt Burns, same thing. I mean, uh, he that would, he started off as a winger. Well, Brett Burns started off as a forward. Eric Carlson was always a defenseman. Right, and he transitioned back to defense, Burns did. So, you know, but you look at Dobson, he just, for a kid so young, he, even if he makes a mistake, he's able to make up for it. His stick skills are so good. Uh, the kid's going to be a star. He really is. But I never feel like he's going to get the credit he deserves because he's not going to put up 50, 60 points a year because that's just not the way we play the game. He's not going to put up that many points for us. Call me crazy. I mean, we talked about the shot, and he's improving on the shot. He's only – he's only what is he, 20 years old? Yeah. He, he, here's, here's my thing. He's so young. Who's to argue and say that as we continue, to, he, he's going to grow more into a role. He's going to be the guy on the number one power play unit, and that's what role he's going to step into. Who's to say that he won't continue to produce more points? I mean, his rookie. I mean, this is his real rookie season here, Grom. He's already producing at the age of twenty, putting up a lot of points. Who's to say that maybe he won't be a forty or fifty point guy in a normal eighty-two game season? Yeah, I'll tell you what. He engages. When he engages, he can really jump on the rush. I, I love him. Everyone knows on this podcast I've been speaking up highly of him for quite a while. And I just feel it, you know, the sky's the limit for him. But I, I just don't see him scoring that many points. I just don't. Hmm. We'll have to agree to disagree on that point then, Grump. But you're more excited, though, for Noah Dobson to answer my question. Yeah, because I think he's a – he doesn't play the flashy position like Wallstrom – but he does so many underrated things that a really good defenseman does, and particularly in our system. I mean, you're seeing – I think I think he's our best overall defenseman. Wow. Wow. Better than better – than, I guess overall would also encompass offensive production. So I think yeah. – you think he's better than, than Adam Pellick, better than Nick Letty already? Oh, he's better than Nick Letty already. Absolutely. I think he's better than Letty. Uh do I think that uh, – I mean, Adam Pellick, he's a defensive defenseman. I just – I'm I'm not saying right now he's the best defenseman on the team, but I'm saying uh, – I think that's what you said. Right now you think he's the best defenseman on the team. That's why I, I asked. Guess, I think he's going, he's going to be in the next year or two. He's going to be head and shoulders best defenseman on the team. So right now he's walking into it, not the best defenseman, and in a few years he will be, though, in your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Grump. What's going on? I feel like we don't have your attention. What's going on here, man? No, I, because I'm trying to read some of my notes because, you know, I have so many things written down that I want to make sure I get to that, uh, you know, I, I don't want I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss anything. That's what are you all. missing? What are you feeling like you're missing? Well, I have, you know, I have some of my pet peeves that the broadcasts do, and I want to make sure that I don't forget to mention that. Well, go ahead. Okay. Butch, on Saturday in the pregame, 
they did a big feature on Michael Del Cole, right? The hero of the free world, right? How great he is. And Butch was saying how uh, he should play more in front of the net. And they, you know, had the little scan chart. Oh, look, this is where he should go. This is where he should go. Let me tell you something. That's not Michael Del Cole's game, first of all. He knows for him to play, it's not about him scoring goals, okay? It's about him playing the game that Barry Trotz wants him to play. And then sure enough, later in the game, and I said to him, I said, gosh, Butch, you said he should do this and he'll score a bunch of goals. Well, he's not a goal scorer. And sure enough, later in the game, he had a pass that was right to him and he missed a bunny right in front of the net. And you want to why? Because he's a shitty offensive player. All right? So I just – I hate when they do that. I mean, how many goals has he scored for the Islanders? He's played, what, 100 games for the Islanders? Now, how many goals has he even scored? Not too many. I mean, I don't even know how many points he has. But that's it. I'm not disappointed with Michael Del Cole. I just hate when announcers say that. And then to listen to the national broadcast today, it's like, okay – you obviously don't pay attention to anything about the Islanders. I picked out just a few things that they said. First, the first thing they said, which made me laugh, and I want to tie it back into the Anders Lee gold chart. They came out and they said that uh, Anders Lee is scoring more in the transition this year. He hasn't scored one transition goal all year. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Unless uh, he, he has scored transition goal. It's not like what you would expect there from like a normal transition goal where it's like, hey, we're moving down the ice. He'll go ahead and he puts himself on one side of the net where, you know, the defenseman's either tied between the pass there and the player. And he has, I mean, he has scored in transition goals, Grump. We talked about it earlier. I mean, like if you can click it back two, three weeks ago, he has scored in transition though this year. One transition goal. That's not, that's not what he does. And here's the thing. What he does is valuable because he's putting the puck in the net. But he's not – they try to make it sound like he's added this element to his game when he certainly has not. And here's the bigger one. They were talking about our pal AJ, who has done NBC Sports uh, broadcast before. She had a bad hair day on Thursday just to let everyone know. Uh, but she said how AJ is the pre- and post-game host of the Islanders. I wonder how that makes Shannon Hogan feel. I mean, because Shannon is the pre- and post-game host for Islander games. It's not AJ. They should know that. That's something they should know. It's it's easy for them to say, oh, well, they're trying to – it was – I don't know. It was tied in there with hockey or like the – because I know like this weekend was what weekend or a hockey weekend in the United States. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, a hockey hockey day in America or something like that. Yeah, they always try to do that. So I'm shocked it didn't come out then today that we're talking about that. Yeah, you got to – as Shannon, you got to feel a little upset. There was funny uh, – it was funny, Grump. One of the uh, listeners there in the live stream of the podcast chimed in. He sent me a video of Shannon and AJ, they were playing with, you know, sticks and like a tennis ball and everything like that. Shannon obviously doesn't feel too comfortable handling a stick. And AJ was over there kind of teaching her how to stick handle and pass the puck and everything like that, or a tennis ball. And, uh, and he said, maybe this is the reason why we found the answer as to why the hair is so out of shape at times. Cause she's playing hockey back there backstage with Shannon and it's, you know, it's moving the headset around and maybe that's what's causing a static cling to put up some of the hair grump. Just well, a thought, just a thought to it. Actually, you know, AJ's hair was bad, and I think we're going to have a little segment every – what is AJ's What is AJ's regular day job? Because I think everyone's interested. And I'll just throw this one out. She's a storm chaser. Perhaps that's why her hair looks the way it does. But I'd love for the people I from now on to send in what AJ's day job is, and maybe every podcast we can pick a winner. Select the funniest one there of Happy. day jobs. Oh, gosh, Crump. <laughs> 
Oh man, yeah. oh man. That you might that could be funny, but uh, we'll have to think about that. We have comments. I know we're about 40 minutes in. We have not read any comments because the Islanders have been doing so well. Eight-game point streak. Again, the honeymoon time period for the Islanders. The Boston Bruins coming up here on Tuesday. And then we play the Devils three games Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. So definitely good times ahead there. And I expect us to continue to amass a large amount of the points at the opportunities that we have here. So I think we're going to see here for at least another week. Everything's going to be sunny and sunshiny for the Islanders and things going to be great. Fans are be high flying. They're gonna be happy, full of emotions. We got a few comments here from Brian J. Is that an Anders Lee jersey? That is directed towards you, Grumpy. No, it's a Brian Berard jersey. Oh goodness. Okay, I was about to say. I see the thirty-four. Thirty-four. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. And Brian P. Saying, "What's up, fellas? And you're wa- rocking the fisherman jersey." Right. As I explained at the top, uh, the reason is because the Islanders brought out their uh, supposedly rec- uh, whatever is their alternate jersey. So I figured I'd break out my alternate. And I'll, I'll tell you, yeah, so we're starting at the comments from the beginning to to, to where we're going to be now. So we got a few to roll through here, Grump. Uh, Brian P., though, is saying, also, we have the least creative third jersey in the league. For certain we do. I was looking at the colors, too. I thought, I was like, oh, wow, it's like maybe the jerseys aren't picking up well on the TV screen today. What's going on? It looks like it's in low resolution or something. No, it's just our crappy third miserable retro jerseys. Yeah, I mean, you know, the be- why why do teams put out third jerseys? Why does the league say they want teams to put out third jerseys? For the revenue. Who's going to buy that jersey? It's I mean, you know, it's it's like the jersey from the 1990s when Pekka and Yashin were there and it's just like a navy blue. It has, you know, the three the four little stripes for the four cups, but it's like come on. Do something better than that. I look I I, I looked at Minnesota's and, you know, they have the North Star colors with the same emblem that they use. And I just thought it's fantastic. The Kings is fantastic. There's so many that are so good. And the Islanders are just bad. Okay. Well, if you look at all those teams, they've all had a rich history there. And they've changed and had a significant change. And they stuck with the change. We changed it to the, the Fisherman logo. And, I mean, it lasted, what, it was a year or two? And it was gone? I mean, like it was just like the matter of a blink of an eye. It was gone. So, I mean, that's why we don't really have, like, the retro. We don't have anything to lie back on. Um, well, you don't, you don't remember the backlash against the Fisherman jersey. And it was it was big, the backlash was. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm not saying go to the Fisherman jersey forever. I'm just saying as an alternate jersey, throw it out there. Because I know a lot of kids absolutely love this jersey now. They're different. The people who buy jerseys are different than the people who bought them so many years ago. You've got to remember, we're coming off of how many Stanley Cups. We had a rich history with the same logo, and we changed the, the jersey, and people were totally against it. But as a as a uh, as a third jersey, what's wrong with this? I don't know. I was about to say, I've got myself some fisherman apparel, like a fisherman hat and everything like that, too. I think it's nifty. I think it looks cool. I know it's associated with a bad, dark time. But you know what? This was a chance to slowly integrate it and get it out of that image. Because if you don't do it, it's going to stay in that miserable image there, and it's going to be terrible, even though the logo and the design looks nice. i uh, got a few comments here, though, uh, from Scott L. Do you think the seven-game suspension for the Wilson hit was sufficient? I'll tell you. Grump, I, I want mean, your initial reaction. What did you think about the hit there, Tom Wilson? Thunder? I thought it was excessive. I didn't I didn't think it was that bad. All right, he got up a little bit on seven games. That's rep. He got that because of rep. I didn't I didn't think I looked at it numerous times. I'm like, that's seven game suspension? I was I was shocked. Happy, but shocked. 
<laughs> well, I'm, I'm pulling up here there, so you have that for context here, Grump. But I was about to say, when I originally saw the hit, I'm like, yeah, it's, it wasn't a crazy or ultra-violent hit, but you could tell. It's because of the rep. It's because of the way the guy's head was kind of leaning down. And I think also the Boston Bruin, he goes with this immediately – throws the stick and he's got his hands on his head because I mean that hit is delivered there to like a small portion of the shoulder and the majority of the head there on Carlo, which is the reason why. And man oh man, I mean it's all rep at this point. And if you're Tom Wilson, you have got to finally wake up and learn that that is not something you could do. You have the rep of being a guy who takes those who anytime he gets a chance to take a hit like that, he does. And you got to start changing that for yourself. It's only a matter of time before he starts getting more and more serious there, the punishment that comes to him. Because for the hit, not a seven game. It's all based off of the rep of the player. I do agree. Yeah. I, I mean, but you know what? I don't want him to – okay. If I'm Washington, do I want him taking that element out of his game? No, I do not. That's what makes him the player that he is. I'm looking at it again. My gosh, that, that's seven games? I see a lot worse stuff than that. It gets nothing. Don't even get a penalty. I, I mean, I, I look at I look at like this. I think it was kind of towards the head, and it's all because it's Tom Wilson. Think about how many times we see guys who get slammed and boarded, unbelievable boarding penalties. Well, they'll hit them with the small of the back and will crinkle them up against the boards like that, which are much more violent hits. But this is it's because he hits them there towards the head region, and it's Tom Wilson. Because yeah, if that I, let's say let's say that's Alexander Ovechkin. Or that's a guy like Anders Lee throwing that hit. Or it's a guy like Matt Martin. Matt Martin's not catching a saving game suspension. Again, like I don't think Matt Martin's delivering a hit like that. There's only there's only a handful of people who would have thrown their body up there towards the head like Tom Wilson just did. I mean, that's it's it's definitely a penalty. The funny thing was there was no penalty even called originally on the ice for this hit. I didn't I didn't think it was excessive. I mean, the replay looks okay, he got it up a little bit, but seven games, come on. And here's the thing. Like I said, I'm happy. Plays for Washington. Great. Good for us. <laughs> Unfair, though. Okay. Well, Grump, you seem to be uh, – you try to be as, uh, I as call neutral it, as I, possible. Everyone knows I call it exactly as I see it. I might rip certain players, but there's a reason. But I give them kudos when they do something well. Josh Bailey, for instance, he created that goal by, you know, forcing that guy along the blue, uh, the blue line to turn the puck over. I mean, that's all he did all weekend. I mean, today, right, today he's skating in. He's five foot from the goalie, and he tries to pass to Brock Nelson, who's covered by three guys. Shoot the puck, Bailey. <laughs> he makes me sick. Well, we got a comment here. Now, this was back during your time period when you were talking about Anders Lee and the respect you wouldn't give him. We've got a whole bunch here. Come on, Gom. He wanted you to put more respect on it. Dirk also chiming in saying, hi, uh, our captain deserves more respect. And uh, BG Boy NYI says, "What's in the bottle, Grump?" Okay, this is Grump uh, Grog? Question mark. No, no, no. This is all I drink is water, but I have to put the little flavor packets in it. And what I'm using right now is uh, crushed grape. That's what I. Think. <laughs> and uh, yep, talking about the fisherman jersey, Matthew, not a big fan. Gum, what's with that fisherman jersey? Puke. And Brian J says every time Anders Lee scores, Grumpy probably makes a mad face. If he had a little emoji, be like, mm, like the little mad one where the face is red, he's got like the little steam coming out of his nose or something. Totally incorrect. I'm happy every time he scores. And about like today, I was sitting here watching, and I like, I said, man, that's a good. Uh, to myself, I said. Actually, I did say it out loud. I said, that's a deflection. That's a big league deflection. That that pass from Everly was smoked. And, you know, he 
had that strong bottom hand, something Michael Del Cole didn't have. And man, he popped that thing right in. That was that was excellent deflection. Alexander saying, Hello guys, how are you doing? Hey Alexander. Uh quick question. Are we just this good or is Buffalo just awful? I'm gonna say it's more Buffalo is awful, but the Islanders are good. Um, Islanders that's the are thing. Good. The, yes, the Islanders are good, but Buffalo is horrific. Yeah, Kruger's gone. I mean, like it's only a matter of time. I I I you could just see based off the comments that are continually rolling out there, you have to figure that Kruger is kind of towards – he's on the way out the door. I mean, like the writing's on the wall pretty obviously, you know, all bearing a miracle and a huge point streak where they go on in and somehow find a way to make the playoffs. Kruger's definitely gone. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Kevin – if you would have saw the Kevin Adams interview, he's the new, he's the GM. Uh Kruger's not going to make it out the year. I'm not like I have a friend who I was texting during the game. Uh, he's a Buffalo fan, and I said Kruger's not going to last the year. And then they gave up those two quick goals. I said he might not even make it to the end of the third second period. So I mean that's that's just uh, he's he's gone. It's just a matter of time. Hmm. Yeah, Grum. Uh, we got a few more comments here, and Dirk again coming to Andersley, the captain's defense, saying hmm, which other captain has 12 goals right now, Grum? I don't know. Probably Connor McDavid. He's probably got 20. <laughs> Okay, Anders Lee's not Conor McDavid. Come on. I'll tell you, he's played well. He's played he's well over the last extremely well. He's playing extremely well. But put I'm some respect you, on his name. I want to see you put some respect on his name. That's all. But I'm going to tell you what. I told you I'm not going to do that because then he'll go back in the tank like he did earlier in the year. The biggest reason for his success this year is the fact that Matt Barzell has taken a quantum leap jump in his game and the creative aspect. All his goals are a foot or two from the net, okay? He's getting those rebound goals. Like I said, the goals that he had against Buffalo this weekend, it's like, is anyone going to try to take him out? Anyone? I mean, he does He does a good job of winning the fights down low, and that is the biggest thing. That depends on how his offensive production will be. When he wins the fights down low, when he wins the fights in the corners, he will produce goals. He will go ahead and put those rebounds in the net also. When he he was struggling last year, he did not win a lot of those battles in front of the net. This year he has. Again, Buffalo's defense and down low presence is non-existent. So it does not shock me at all that it has been a feast for him against the Buffalo Sabres this year. But as a whole, he's been doing a good job of winning those battles, which is all I can really want. He's a poor man's Dave Anderchuk. <sighs> Okay, he has scored six goals against the rest of the league and six against Buffalo. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm ecstatic with his production, but when you're scoring a bunch of goals against a team that doesn't have – doesn't even – they don't even pretend to try to box out down low, uh, a, a player like him is going to score a lot of goals down there. That said, I'm going to tell you again, it's Matt Barzell's creativity and how much attention that he's drawing that opens up those opportunities for Andersley. And that's that's why I feel he's playing better this year. And the same thing with Everly. I mean, Matt Barzell is so dominant in the offensive zone all by himself that now, you, like I said, you see when Boston, we play Boston, two, three guys going after him. Well, that opens up opportunities for other players. And I think that they're benefiting from it. I'm not criticizing Anders Lee. He's doing what he's supposed to do. So I'm not going to criticize him. But I don't want to I don't want him to get spoiled because as soon as I start saying something too good about him, you know what's going to happen. He's going to go back into his little going to turtle up back in his little shell. I'm going to tell you this much. He's doing exactly what we wanted and expected 
when he signed the contract. This is exactly how you want him to play, and he's playing exactly like we thought when we originally signed him. Last year was a little bit of an off year. Again, I think the contract towards the later end of his contract will be awful. But right now he's doing exactly what you paid him for. Uh, got a yeah. few more comments. Tommy Baffy, hey, Tommy. He's saying, Fort never lose, TJ. We are 10-0-2 at home. That is true. At home, even without the fans at the Coliseum, we've been playing well at home, and we historically – maybe last year we, our, our numbers actually at the Coliseum weren't crazy good. But we've been playing well at home this season. That is for sure. Fort never lose all the way. And fans start coming in the 11th of March. I don't um, know, like 10%, something like that. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, and BG Boy, uh, New, uh, New York Islanders says, does Grump believe the fourth line scoring consistently in his series? In this series confirms the Sabres are definitely – is are they that bad? Yeah, they're terrible. And here's the thing. They – you look at how they've played against everyone else, and that's why I, I just want people to pump the brakes because when you see them playing against everybody else, they haven't been as effective this year. They when they're working hard and they're hustling, and I think their level play has certainly jumped up against Buffalo. But it's Buffalo, okay? You have to really remember that it's Buffalo. Uh, I mean, Casey's goal today—that was a fantastic play by by Pajot. Just spectacular pass where he draws guys. No one and there's Casey wide open on the side of the net. It's like, does anyone play? Maybe they just maybe Buffalo wants to score so bad that they put five wingers out there because no one wants to play defense. Hmm. Uh, got a few more comments. Dirk also saying, what do you guys think about Hall's comments about um, how great the Islanders play is? I guess uh, he wants to play for us, perhaps. Um, I'll put it like this. Now, I remember looking at the comments how when the Islanders go up a goal, they are really, really tough to go ahead and get any type of leverage and leeway back, and they kind of suck the life out of the game. And so kind of exactly what we had talked about. I mean, I know last year during the playoffs in the playoff run, we talked about the Islanders were the vampires of the NHL. They suck the life and the blood right out of the other team. You get up an early goal, you sit back there, you go ahead and you play their structured defense, and you counterattack, and you're able to put the puck in the net there, and you really are able to blow the game wide open. The Islanders are the vampires in the NHL when everything is going the way they'd like it to. Yeah, I believe that uh, that I said that they were the vampires of the NHL because they sucked the life out of the game, uh, not the other team. But we are a terrible matchup for Buffalo They're, because we are so disciplined, and they are totally undisciplined. And teams like that are just are not going to beat us. I'm sorry. If you don't play some uh, some type of discipline game, you're not beating the Islanders because the, our whole game is predicated on discipline play. That's why if teams have extremely low – if they have loads of offensive talent but they had a poor coach, they do not match up well against the Islanders. Or if they have a lot of talent, young talent specifically, and they don't really play a structured game, coach might not be all the way there, not, not be the most talented coach, you're going to struggle against the Islanders just because of the strengths that we do have. Uh, Tommy B. also chiming in saying the last two road games of the season in May are in Buffalo. I believe the Buffalo team will be much different looking after the deadline. You're not kidding. If you're – if you're Buffalo and you're Hayes, I mean, what type of approach are you taking right now? You thought maybe going into the season, 
you had added more offensive talent. You added more ability around you. You thought maybe this is our chance to kind of go ahead and take a step up into you know possible playoff contenders. Maybe we'll make it into the playoffs. And this year has been anything but that with you know, Jeff Skinner looking like he is struggling mightily this year. He did score against the Islanders today. Offensive production hasn't been there. The Taylor Hall experiment, the offensive production, he's getting assists, not scoring and putting the puck in the net, which really hurts the Buffalo Sabres. They're the worst team in scoring five-on-five goals per game and they are the lowest goals per games, or they have the lowest goals per games and the lowest five-on-five goals per games in the NHL so far this season. They're really good on the power play, though, extremely good. Uh, I think the COVID situation just ended their season. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something. You look at the teams that are having COVID issues, right, and then you look at us. That speaks to the character of the players on the team. I, 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 I don't want to make it sound like that, but I just think that our guys are – maybe it's just the discipline. They don't put themselves in situations that could harm the team, perhaps. I think – and again, like COVID is one of those things where anybody could pop up, anybody can get it. I look at it like this, though. When you have – we went through the bubble with no issues. We went after the bubble, and so far this season, no issues at all. The teams that you're seeing that don't have issues like that, they're real professionals. They understand. And I really think they're taking a conscious effort saying, this is our goal. This is our duty. Our job is not like, hey, we're here playing hockey. Hey, let's go to the bar and club, though, afterwards. I mean, you see it across all sports. English football, you see it some hockey. Oh, well, they went out and they broke protocol. The Washington Capitals, oh, God, yeah, we broke some protocol. We have people that are now in, you know, COVID protocol, et cetera. The Islanders are not – it would it would shock me if something like that would ever pop up with the Islanders. You talk about a disciplined team and a disciplined group of players and an organization, the New York Islanders are that. I was just going to say, I think the organizational structure from Lamarillo and Trotz filters down to the players. And here's the thing. We are a veteran team, right? So it's not like we got a bunch of kids on. We got a couple, but it's not like we have a bunch of kids. And the ones who are young, they're learning at the hands of uh, some some veterans who've you know been there and done that. And that, that's, that's, I think, you see the benefit of having Anders Lee and Josh Bailey and Cal Clutterbuck as your captain's group. I mean, I think I think that absolutely absolutely helps. Yeah, we got a few comments here from BG Boy and YI saying the Grumpapedia. Oh wow, I can only imagine what that would contain. And from Dino Dangle saying, uh, just oh man, Grump, it, it's not shown as icon. Uh, but just wanted to say hello, guys. Can't wait to listen this Monday. Nice jersey, Grump. Uh, and then Tommy Baffy comments right afterwards. I just, uh, I must say, grumpy old man, uh, the ugly looking jersey will distract me today from your negativity, lol. And Actually, Paul's, I think I've been, I've been extremely positive today. He, you have, which is very rare and odd. So I think maybe, this was, again, these are all comments made early on in the pod. Uh, and then Paul is saying, average Anders strikes again. I, yep. Obviously, in facetious way. Uh, Frank K saying, let's see how the Islanders do against playoff caliber teams, even the Rangers. Sorokin didn't blow me away with either game versus Buffalo. He definitely needs work. I want to see him in a game where he, he he's prepped with those high-quality shots and opportunities to score. Um, in shutouts, he's, he has had. We saw small samples of what he can do, but not enough. Brock looks like his therapist got him right back on track. Yeah, Brock Nelson starting to produce. And, of course, he did score that empty net goal, too. Grump, your favorite type of goals. Yeah, it's either him or, or average. Croc or average always get those empty net goals. And usually because Bailey's out there, too, but he just won't shoot. Uh Otherwise, he'd have a bunch. But uh, I did have written down that 
Brock Nelson had two absolute snipe goals this weekend. Absolutely. They were beautiful, beautiful shots. And when he does that and doesn't think too much, I think that's his problem. He thinks. And uh, I think when he just plays, he's way better. And uh, he seems like he's got his legs back a little bit. I'm Like I said, I'll be interested if we find out later in the year that he's had some type of niggling injury that was bothering him earlier. And once again, I'm going to say Anthony Bavillier, his presence on that line has jump-started that one. I will tell you, the goal that Brock Nelson scored today was all set up there by Oliver Wallstrom. Excellent job. And – there are okay. other members. There are other members. Hold on. There are other members of the Islanders community talking. You know, go ahead, and make your point, Grump, and I'm just going to show you something. Make your okay. Point. You say that was set up. Uh, Walter made the pass, but that was all Brock Nelson on that. I mean, he had that puck for a while. He skated in and he just snapped that shot. It wasn't like, oh, you know, hey, that pass led to the goal. It was that was a Nelson, just an absolute snipe shot, and he had one yes yesterday, or I think it was yesterday also, just. A fantastic shot. I even have, you know, how much I hate to compliment Croc, right? That's when everyone thinks I hate him. But no, I mean, I call him as I see him. And when they do something well, you're going to hear that too. That's, you're going to get fairness from the grumpy old man. Now, of course, he has his favorites and whipping boys. But when the whipping boys do something well, you're going to hear it. I spoke positively about Josh Bailey. Matter of fact, this is two straight podcasts. I spoke positively about him. I spoke positively. He'll be great on expansion team. Uh, and, uh, and he made that great play at the blue line that led to the uh, Bavillier goal on a beautiful pass from Brock Nelson. He waited and waited and feathered it through. It was a really smart play by Nelson, not something I usually say about him, but it certainly was, which led to the Bavillier goal. He played, he played well for the most part this weekend as well. Yeah, I, I, there was a moment where Brock Nelson, he almost like calls out to where he wants Oliver Walshman to take the puck, and there were certain members of – I probably shouldn't be bringing this up. Certain members there, have podcasts there, Grump, who work on the on the on the, uh, the Hockey Podcast Network, who were saying, again, I don't think he was likening him to Mario Lemieux, but he was, he was saying very strongly, he's like, Mario Lemieux used to do things like this. I'm just like, oh, God, come on now. <laughs> I'm like, to act like we've never seen a hockey player out there on the ice direct somebody as to where to go because he sees he's a better vantage point, sees the open spot of the ice there and kind of is laying it out there to set. Hockey players do that on a consistent basis, but I'm like, come on now. More than Mario has done that. Uh, I, I, again, like we we give we give we give Brock Nelson credit. I was hoping I could find a tweet there, but I, it might take me a little while. But again, Brock Nelson has been picking it back up, which is hugely important. And you're right. It's because Anthony Pavilion has jump started that line. That is Hugely important. We're seeing the production from all four lines, albeit it's worth taking with a grain of salt right now, guys. Yeah, it is. Brock, Brock meet Mario's jockstrap. You can't even pick it up. That's all I have to say about that. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I wasn't even going to even comment. It's such a stupid comment. How do you even justify something like that? One thing that I am going to miss when the fans are back in the arena, if you really pay attention in certain games – you can hear the communication out there on the ice, which I think is really neat. Um, and you heard quite a bit of it today in today's game. And I really enjoy that. And I'm going to miss that once the fans are back in the state. I was about to say that with all sports too, being able to hear that and what's going on. I mean, like they always be like, oh, it's mic'd up down there on the ice, right? I hear that. I'm like, oh, yeah. I like that. I like that fact that it's mic'd up on the ice. But in the same token, where even it's not mic'd up on the ice right now, you're able to hear everything from start to finish. So that is enjoyable. That is nice. Again, I do miss – in the same token, though, I do miss the atmosphere, though, Grump. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm just saying I just I'm going to miss that element of the game where you get to hear the players talking, trying to direct believe Brock Nels is not the only one who does. I you know, I don't I don't want to rock anybody's boat there. Uh that, that happens all the time. <laughs> oh, grumpy old man. Yep, Tommy B also saying the last two weeks of March are, are brutal there. Caps uh, on the road two and then at home versus Philly and then uh two in Boston and two in Pittsburgh. I told you from the from the middle or towards the end portion of March until the middle portion of April, we have a hellacious portion of our schedule. And how we come out of that will really determine what the playoff looks like, what what spot we might be looking at. Um, because, again, the Eastern Division, for those five teams we talk about to start the season, it's going to be close. And I think when we hit the meaty por- portion of our schedule, the meat and potatoes portion of our schedule, that's where things are going to get tough. The only team we've really been dominated by this year is Washington. And they thoroughly dominated us. Uh, we've – seem like we've solved Boston in a certain sense. They kind of play like we do, um, but we've gotten a couple of breaks and we've beaten them. I think we're better than Philadelphia. I know we haven't beaten them this year, but I feel that we're better than they are. Just don't let the game go to overtime because you're going to lose that one. And Pittsburgh, I was happy with the last couple of times we played them. I feel feel like uh, we're starting to play a little – I feel we're playing a little bit better right now which should bode well for us against certain teams like that. The whole thing is you don't want to lose in regulation. You want to at least get the loser point. Uh, so you're only if you're losing some ground, it's only one point as opposed, opposed to two. Uh, but it's going to be a tough stretch without a doubt. Hmm. Uh, grumpy old man. Um, gotcha here. Got a good comment here. Clutterbuck with a nice goal killed the Sabres. Uh, yeah, I'll say Clutterbuck had played really well against the Sabres too, which is worth mentioning. Eddie Olchuk had a couple of nice analytical points that he made today, like on the Clutterbuck goal. He said the reason why uh, that goal is made is because he kept it where he was ready to shoot at any time. you got to remember, I mean, it was almost like he was skating on a breakaway after Tumbelina turned the puck over and fell down. But he had that puck in shooting position where he says if you're carrying the puck in front of you, the goalie knows that you are going to have to make a move one way or the other with the puck where he has to respect the shot when he has it. And that's what opened that up. And it was a beautiful in the toy department, as Butch would say, goal. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Uh, then they also, like I said, I just want to bring up a couple of things where uh, uh, Old Chuck brought about their defense. Uh, really, really good stuff by him. Uh, he said the uh, the ill-timed advance by, I think, I forget who the player was, turned a three and two on, into a two-on-one where a guy – tried to pinch up against the winger who had the puck. He just made the pass, and he took him and the other guy out. A two-on-one is much more difficult to defend than a three-on-two, and it was a bad play. And he said they'd done that a couple of times over the weekend, which I noticed as well. And then he mentioned the no-stick extension on the Nelson goal, where if he would have just had the one stick out there, he could have uh, given a little bit more pressure to Nelson taking that shot. Beautiful shot, but it was totally uncontested. I just thought a couple of nice observations by Olchek. Okay, gotcha, Grump. Uh, moving along here, Frank K saying also Barzal has been superb. And Brian J saying Leo will be in the lineup. Mark my words. Oh, God, please don't. I mean, like, everything is moving well. It's flowing smoothly. No need to bring Leo into this. You're not going to see any changes in the lineup until somebody gets hurt or they start losing. Yeah. Uh, Scott L. also saying, how about that Taylor Hall breakaway? And his defense – He'd, be out, he'd been on the ice for quite a while. 
He pulled a Matt Martin. He pulled a $6 million man move, skating away in a breakaway and falling down. Uh, we've seen that earlier in the year. I felt kind of bad for him, uh, but not that bad. I don't feel bad for any guy who's, <laughs> who's heralded as an elite-level player, Grump. Uh, Paul, Paul, Paul is saying Grumpy Moore looks like Gritty on the ice. I'll I'll you, gritty looks like hold on, Grump. Gritty's always mixing it up out there on the ice. I think that's probably an accurate, uh, an accurate assessment. I think Grumpy would always be out there mixing it up, talking you know, some mad trash on the ice. Absolutely, and Gritty likes to run kids like when they're skating out there, run them into the boards. And I'll tell you what, I torture all the kids in my neighborhood. It's so much fun. They're easy, young okay. like little kids. Oh man, they're great. Just have a lot of fun with them. But they love oh, me. What can I tell you? Oh gosh. Uh, this is the point. This is the, this is the comment again. I don't want to. I don't want to go ahead and misquote it here. All a certain Penguins legend who wore sixty six used to do this all the time. Um, again, no, I will say Brock Nelson is coming into form. He is starting to score there from that uh, right in between the hashes or right in between the uh, the face off dots there and the offensive zone. His shot looks like it's coming along too. It's reassuring to see his five on five play also coming into pitcher grumpy old man. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, he's picked up he's picked up his play in the last week because he was bad the rest of the year, and I wonder if there was some type of little injury that was – I mean, he looked bad, let's be honest, right? Um, but it seems like he's starting to pick it up. So I don't know. What, what, what month is this, March? Uh, no. Middle of March. There's November. Or there's early, there's, early March, March 7th. There's no uh, overs in there, so I can't say Croctober, this, that, the other thing. What can I say? Yeah, and then Tommy B also saying Andrews Lee's been dominating down low most of the season for certain. He has last season for some reason he struggled, uh, struggled some battling for position in front of that. He he most certainly did, and that was the biggest disappointment I had. And it lead me it led me immediately to react and think to myself, oh wow, um, if he's struggling already to win those battles down low in front of the net, which is his bread and butter, what does that bode for long term on this contract? Again, he's, he's really made a jump back and a step back up here, and he's winning a lot of those battles down low in front of the net, which is exactly what we need him to do, doing exactly what we pay him to do. Yeah, and but I do feel it's also because Barzell is drawing more people to him uh, since his game has stepped up, which is kind of everyone kind of sank down around uh, Lee previously last year. You saw a lot more guys on him down low because, remember, Barzell wouldn't shoot the puck either. They had to convince him to shoot the puck. And now he's doing that more, and he's so much stronger on his skate. He's always been strong on his skates, but I just think he's more physically mature now. And I think you've seen his game jump when that his thing. When one guy takes a jump, uh, a high tide lifts all boats, and that's what I feel is happening with Lee uh, this season. No complaints. Tommy B, when the phone rang earlier, we never got to hear Grumpy who it was. Tommy B has a little – uh, a little guess as to who it was. It was the Jersey police calling the grumpy old man to take that fisherman jersey <laughs> off. It wasn't uh, Lou Lamarillo. It was the Jersey police department. Okay. Absolutely love it. Great. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mark A saying, if Michael Del Cole can score, we would be unbeatable. Well, I guess we're going to get beat the rest of the year because he can't yeah. score. You asked, well, no, we're going to be, could beat certainly sometimes. Uh, you asked how many goals had Michael Dell score, uh, Michael Dell Cole scored in his Islanders career up there for the actual organization at uh, the NHL level? Seven goals, grumpy old man, in over 100 games. So he, he'll never he'll never be a guy who puts the puck in the net. It's just not his role. He knows his role. His role is to play hard, fight along the corners, win pucks, play defensively minded, and play that conservative style that Barry Trotz likes. So you're saying his scoring is Josh Bailey-like. Okay, that's fine. 
Josh Bailey. Josh Bailey scores more goals than Michael Del Cole. Josh Bailey isn't lighting up the scoreboard, but he scores more goals than Michael Del Cole. Two goals in twenty-five games. Incredible. Skates skating on the top line too. Tom B is saying Tuesday will be interesting. The Islanders should have confidence and momentum going into a tough game at home versus Boston. It's a real big test. I am going to play devil's advocate. What I think is going to happen, we've been playing extremely well. I think Boston is going to – I think they're going to come out fired up. Last game we played them. I know they're missing certain members and key portions there of their defensive unit. Now, is that is that still going to be like that the rest of the year, Grump? I cannot remember if they were only short-term injuries or long-term guys going to be out. I think they've gotten a couple of guys back. Okay, gotcha. I think they're going to come with the Islanders' number, and I think the Islanders have been playing well. They just came off of three games where they played the miserable, the miserable and lowly Buffalo Sabers. I really do think we're going to lose that game, and maybe in regulation against the Buffalo or the, against the Boston Bruins. I don't know if we'll lose in regulation. It could be a regulation, uh, an overtime loss, perhaps. The whole key to beating Boston still is shutting down that first line. I forget, I forget what they call it. The perfection line is what they call it. But Charlie Coyle has started to pick up his play recently because he was a, he was MIA, but he's starting to play a little bit better. They played Washington twice this week, and I'm going to tell you what, Washington just absolutely physically dominated them. Washington is a team I'm really, really concerned about. Now, Peter yeah. Labinette, love, love him or hate him, he's a good coach, and I'm really concerned about him in our division. I was about to say, I mean, the Washington Capitals had the talent. They had the skill set. They won it with Barry Trotz there. I always thought Reardon was a hideously bad coach. That's why he will not be coaching, I'm sure, for a little bit of time. I cannot see people beating down his door in order to go ahead and take up a new coaching position there for the NHL an NHL team. He's the he's an assistant in Pittsburgh right now. I was about to say, even after his – even after – even if he does well as an assistant with Pittsburgh, I really don't foresee them saying, hey, let's go ahead and bring you on as a head coach. Same exact thing with Jack Capuano. I mean, like, Cappy, remember, people forget sometimes, Jack Capuano had like two seasons where he had over 100 points with the New York Islanders. Again, he was another bad NHL coach, but he's going to stick around there as, a, as an assistant, I'm sure, for a good portion. Okay. I, I, I didn't think the Islanders had 100 points when he was there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm looking. I'll look it up. I'll look it up and pull it for you, Grump. But we're moving along here, comment section wise. Uh, David Cutler wants to know: Can Croc now be called Brock? I think I actually called him Brock a couple of times on this podcast. Old habits are hard to break, though. What can I tell you? <laughs> and then Matthew S. also saying: Not going to nitpick. Six points is six points. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we had a few guesses there at the jersey. Maybe it was Trevor Linden. No, it was Patrick Berard here, grumpy old man. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, and then Will Ash was saying, what did you guys think of the retro jerseys on the ice? Man, oh, man. Awful. They suck. They suck. Awful, awful, awful. And that's what happens That's what happens when you don't care. It's an I don't care jersey. You know, they can make, they can make some money. It's like just mail it in, you know. Hmm. Uh, we got a few in the off season, kind of just like that. Yeah, Grumpy. In 2014, 15, and 2015, 16, the Islanders had 101 and 100 points respectively. So uh, people yeah. forget Jack Capuano had two seasons with over 100 points. I know he gets the rep of being a bad coach because he is a bad coach, but he had two seasons with over 100 points. Just worth <laughs> taking into account and remembering. He's doing a good job as an assistant down in Florida right now. Well, that, that's my thing. I don't think Todd Reardon's ever going to find his way back into it. There's a lot more qualified head coaches who have been fired than Todd Reardon, my personal opinion. Uh, about the questions in the polling, I was asking, who are you more excited about to see grow and progress there and mature as an Islander? Uh, it seems like Dobson won that uh, 
won that with a resounding victory there. Dobson all around. Uh, oh, we got a tough one to pick here. Um, Wallstrom, depending on if he's ever going to play on the first line. <laughs> oh, grumpy old man. And there is Tommy Baffey also saying there, Wallstrom will be playing with Barzal next season in some capacity. I think that def- it needs to be, it has to be a must. And it also makes you think, what players are going to be exposed there. If you've got that happening, I could see us exposing possibly a right wing in the expansion draft there. I think we yeah. should expose all of our right wings. So anyone who makes money should be exposed. You want to try to generate some cap space since you don't have any because you still have guys to resign, younger guys who are going to be the future of this team. So you should expose – anyone who makes money should be exposed. I mean – I know I know I'm gonna be disappointed when I look at that protected list. I just oh, I already know it and I'm gonna lose my freaking mind. But you know, here's the thing, we don't have to protect Wallstrom. You know, but why not expose Everly and Bailey? Why not expose both of them? If you feel that Wallstrom is good enough to play on the first line, all you're losing is a third line player. Because Everly, honestly, he's not a third line player. He should be on the second line and Bailey should be uh, on the on the third line. But, you know, who knows? That's still a long way off. I don't want to get too much into that. Gotcha, Grump. Um, Got a few more comments here. Brian J saying, no, Gom, we have Simon Holmstrom as the rock for the Islanders. This is when you were talking about what solid pieces we have there with Wallstrom, Dobson, Barzal, and potentially Sorokin. Dirk is saying, yep, Holmstrom will show us. uh, Time will show us. And then Brian J was saying, maybe Casper on the line there with Wally and Barzal. (laughs) It's making me shoot myself. You know, one thing I'm so glad that, uh, uh, that uh, Dirk is able to listen to us at a reasonable hour today. I'm really, really happy about that. It's only it's only 10 o'clock, 10 after 10 in Germany right now, so I'm happy for him. Uh, I'll tell you. Uh, it's, it's nice about the Sunday afternoons. And Matthew S. saying, notice Leo is it, it hasn't been playing and we're winning. A little well, pondering faces. Well, I think, honestly, he's not playing because a couple of our younger players are finally giving a chance to play consistently, and they've stepped up. I never felt that Bellows got a proper chance, uh, but certainly Del Cole has, and he's taken it. He knows what his game is. He's not going to score. Wallstrom is just – he's taken a big jump. I mean, you know, I hate to mention, you know, uh, Holmstrom, Casper, because that means that I have to bring up Tomasino, uh, McMichael, and Kaliev, which I have not done today. Well, I'm glad you haven't done it, grumpy old man. I'm glad because uh, that would be a free pass for everybody who had their bingo bingo boards back out at home, grumpy old man. I wonder if there's something I do consistently every podcast like you do, like you hit the same exact points every podcast. I wonder if there's something I do. You annoy me every single podcast. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, that's my job, grumpy old man, is to make sure I bring up every single possible counter argument people might have that would that would like to speak with you there, grumpy. Because until we actually have the radio phone set up, which we're in the process of getting, grump, I am to have I have to be the contrarian. Anything you say, I can again, like I try to look at it, but I want to play devil's advocate in the same token. Stop. I am the contrarian. Okay. The person who always finds something negative, even when things are going, that's the contrarian. That is not your role. You're the Pollyanna of the podcast. I'm the contrarian to you. So anything oh. you say, Grump, I've got to try to look at it the other way. But uh, continuing and moving on there. Uh, oh, wow. Brian J is saying her hair looks like a bird's nest. Why does this someone say something? Oh, gosh. It's true. I mean, you know, I, I hate to say it. And, of course, everyone knows he's talking about AJ. 
you know, run a comb through it. You know, hey, that's all I gotta say. We gotta get that shirt out because I think it's absolutely hilarious. I'm working on it. I'm working. I'm working on the shirt, Grump. Uh, Tom White saying uh, Michael Doug Cole was a scorer in the O. He's not in the show. I like that. I like that. Uh, he will be a lifetime third liner and a good one when he figures it out. Nice family. Looking at Tom's picture there. Uh, I think actually he's more of a fourth liner than a third liner. But he could he could be an effective he could be an effective fourth liner. Just don't the the issue that we get, that I get into with Michael Dillon with any of the players is when the Islanders feel that they have to play them higher up in the lineup than their skill uh, warrants. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just reading comments here, Grump. Uh, Joe F is saying we need to Photoshop AJ's hair onto Grumpy's face. <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you what, at least it's got some color so I can have a big beard going. You'd have more hair than Grumpy. That also, too. Yeah. What can I tell you? Oh, hey, goodness. at least my hair is combed, right? <laughs> oh, goodness. And Dan G saying, love the fisherman. Oh, gosh. Love you, Dan. <laughs> Grumpy old man. How do you feel about the fish chick jersey? I see you're wearing it. Oh, yeah. He's definitely a fan of the he's definitely a fan of the fisherman. Uh aren't you Grump? I think you're a fan of the fisherman. I, I know yeah. you've had one from back during the Patrick Berard days, but are you an actual fan of the fisherman jersey? Okay. Brian Berard, not Brian Berard, sorry. Barard. So Grump, come on. Uh, yeah, okay. Give me you a break here. Give me a give me a break here, Grumpy. Give me a break. No, uh, no I'm not gonna do that. But as anyone I've mentioned before, I'm a sucker for logos. I love logos. I think they're just cool. And I happen to like I just happen to like this one. I always liked it. I, I still think it's a cool jersey. Um I know I take a lot of flack for it, but I mean I'm not saying all the time, but I would love that I would have loved to be that to be our third jersey. And I think I think people would have snapped up and bought it. Young people like Dan previously would have snapped up and bought this jersey. Hmm. Uh, yep. Tommy B is saying, I thought Grumpy Old Man had Spano on his jersey. Um, well, yeah, it, would have, it would have been like the number 11 or maybe the number 111 uh, just to represent bars since he went to prison. But, I mean, that guy could have sold ice to an Eskimo. How he got to buy an NHL franchise with no money is just beyond me. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. Now I want to say that in all sports they have like that measure where they have to go through like a test to see actually what type of liquid assets you have and what you have like uh, wealth outlook wise. So I mean like they do it in the Premier League football all the time. I think they do it in the hockey in the NHL. They do the same thing to stop those type of uh, those uh, those type of mistakes and blunders. Only in the NHL. Goodness gracious. Uh, Billy B is saying here, uh, how good could Wallstrom Barzal in Lee line look next season? I I would not have a problem elevating Wallstrom to that line. Uh, I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's there yet. I see him improving all the time, but I don't see him as a first-line player yet. I love the fact that he's with J.G. Pajot. I just think he's a good tutor for him right now. And I think we're seeing it, honestly. I, I think you've seen in the last couple of weeks, and TJ, you brought him up since he scored that game, goal against Boston. Seems like you've seen his level jump. Yeah. And I think, but I think with Pajot on his line, keeps him grounded, so to speak. Because as a young player, you could still see that he could be prone to making some mistakes. But I just, I just love how he's just feeling more comfortable on the ice, particularly on the power play. 
Yeah, and again, like anytime he's in the offensive zone, he feels more like he's authoritative rather than reactionary, and that's the biggest thing for me. That's what I noticed after that Boston game. It's like the light switch switched on there for him, where instead of him being like, "Okay, I'm hesitant, I'm doing this, I'm doing that," he's like, "Hey, I'm taking the puck, and this is what I'm doing. I'm driving the net." I'm, you know, and the thing is, it's good to see that confidence immediately build. It was almost like the light switch overnight. Um, and Tommy B also saying here, uh, talking about the Tom Wilson hit, uh, seven games is probably equal to eleven games in a shortened season for Wilson. With that being said. He deserved more, in my opinion. He has done this time and time again. That's what I was about to say. If it was, a, it's, it's one of those things, though. Like I understand, it's the same exact thing. Like if you're a criminal, right? If you do something that might not be viewed at as like a terrible crime, and you know you have like let's say time range between three to five years for a person that's got a long rap sheet, they're probably going to go. In the, they're probably going to go there, get locked up in the clink for five years. If it's a first time offense, maybe you're going to be more lenient on you. So they they use the same exact approach here with Tom Wilson. Again, like if you took an isolated hit, if it's a guy who doesn't do something like that very often, he would not be suspended for seven games. But because it's Tom Wilson, it's the name, and that's what he does. He does get suspended for a longer time period. Yeah, I thought it was just excessive for the hit. So good for us, though. Good for us. Hmm. Gotcha. And uh, Jerry S also saying here, big question for TJ and the grumpy old, uh, the grumpy old man. Uh, will uh, the GOP, I think he's meant to say the grumpy old man, unless he's got something as the grumpy old partner on the show. I don't know. Uh, will Eichel go to the rags and what will the trade look like? Also, why do you guys uh, so damn much with the shifty eyes on the, Oh, why are you guys so much better than them? Damn, uh, damn better than the shifty eyes on aisles on podcasts and articles. I can answer that question because I'm on this podcast. No, <laughs> oh, gosh, grumpy old man. I, if the, the thing is like, I could possibly would be an okay trade partner for the Rangers just because if you're looking at the the young offensive talent the Rangers have, sure that 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 alone could make them a decent trade partner. Grumpy old man. You're gonna have to give up a lot for him though. And I still wonder if Buffalo is willing to deal him. I think the coach is the first thing to go, especially after listening to Adams, because I was thinking Eichel had a great uh, possibility of getting traded. But you listen to Adams talk, and I think Kruger's, I mean, thin ice doesn't even describe the kind of ice he's on, especially after this weekend. I mean, they, they, they were just – Yikes. Like I said, even when we were losing yesterday, one nothing, I wasn't even remotely concerned. Not even remotely concerned. They just they're just a they're right now they're just a team that is dysfunctional and just a shambles. Uh, I just think you know, Kruger's in over his head. Uh, you know, I'm not I hate to rip anybody, I mean a professional coach, but I just think that they need they definitely need a change there. And I was about to say, like as a general manager, when you come in, usually what you do is you clean house and you say, "All right, this is this is now what I'm inheriting. I'm going to put X, Y, Z in charge." He obviously made big moves this offseason by bringing in guys like Taylor Hall. If you do something that drastic, you're not willing to go ahead and give up on what you had because to bring in Taylor Hall, you thought you guys had a chance to take the next step. Now that you see your team's a cellar dweller, no chance of making the playoffs, you're not going to say, okay, the cast and crew on the team is the issue. You're going to divert attention to say, I still feel comfortable with the cast and the crew I've assembled. It's the coach. So that's, I think, the thought process they have. Uh, David C. also saying, Grump, any chance uh, you run for New York City mayor this year? I have no shot of winning that. Actually, against de Blasio, I guess I could be. Well, Grumpy, Grumpy, they're gonna, they're, they'll pull all the, uh, all the A.J. Malesko comments you've made about her hair out, and you'll be gone. No that's right. That's right. They, yeah, I, I, uh, even though I have no social media presence, I'm sure somebody would. 
bring something up that make me look bad. Oh goodness. Uh, and Brian J. Oh, Grumpy, take too much time away from the podcast too, so not allowed. I'm not. I'm not giving you the A OK there from the contract you signed. He's got plenty of time to go to the gym at the, you know, uh, city expense. I mean, I guess I could do that too, right? No, you need to devote all the time into the podcast, Grump, so I won't clear you for it. Uh, Tom Wilson is a punk, also saying Wilson leaves his feet. Uh, that's the issue with the hit. Uh, he's targeting high for certain. Again, like that's what he's doing. He's kind of launching his body up there towards the shoulder area and the head area there um, of Carlo, which was the issue. Okay. Brian P. saying, I take Wilson on the Islanders uh, <laughs> in a Absolutely. second. Perfect. I love him for this. Are you kidding me? He'd be perfect. I, everyone who hates Tom Wilson now would absolutely take him on our team right now. Same thing with Marshawn. You hate him when they play for somebody else, but you love that they play for you. Absolutely. I mean, he's fantastic. He, I mean, isn't he? He's turned himself into a really good player. That's all I'll say about Tom. He has to avoid doing that type of dumb shit. Everything else I have no issue with. But when he does hits and he throws his body, targets up high, that is no longer acceptable in the NHL. The NHL. What was the reward he received from that hit? Um, See, what, risk reward. What was the reward he received from that hit? That's his game. He plays the intimidation game. They they're a team that real. They're a heavy team. They're a physical team. That's just the way they play. Now, but I have a bigger question. If he was traded to the Islanders, how would you love to? How would you love to see those practices with him out on the ice the same time as Ross Johnston? I, I'd pay to just to see that. Well, I don't think anything would be mixed up at practice. I, don't, I think oh, our I locker bet, is. I, bet fight. I absolutely bet. At that. practice, absolutely, yes, sir. Oh, my gosh. I mean, like, usually teams in the good locker rooms are not fighting at their dropping the gloves at practice. I'll tell you this. I want to get back to the point. You mentioned – because, seriously, what did he have to gain from that hit? You said that it's the intimidation factor. It's the game he played. How much intimidation is he doing there now on the bench or now up there in, up there in, the, uh, up there in the stands for the next seven games because he's been suspended? My thing is this. He didn't have much to gain by launching his body and throwing that hit. I mean, like, he just needs to find out the fine line. He can't be doing stuff like that anymore. Yeah, but that his whole game is predicated on physicality. The whole game, his whole game is predicated on physicality. If you want him to take away the physical, and I'm not defending what he did, but if you want to take away the thing that makes him an NHL player, you have Ross Johnston because that's what they've done here. Uh, Will asks, saying Taylor Hall hurting his free agency status by playing for Buffalo. Um, I don't think playing for Buffalo is hurting his status. I think the fact that he's not scoring any goals is hurting his status. And he only signed a one-year deal hoping to cash in. I think we're going to have the same issues next year that we had this year with free agents. They're not going to make a whole lot of money with the salary cap remaining flat. And that's the problem that he ran into last year. I, I'm not a fan of Taylor Hall. Uh, never have been. I just feel he's overrated for what he actually brings to the table. Um, and I think other teams around the league maybe feel the same way. If Taylor Hall was a guy that was drafted in the second or third round, people would view him much differently than he is. Just because he's got the pedigree of being, you know, that high. If he's the first overall pick back in the day, you know what I mean? I feel like he gets a little more leeway room on that. And all players that are drafted high, I think, get that. And it's, you know, just how the game is played. Uh, Paul D is saying, I hope Average Andrews watches this podcast for motivation. I'll tell you one thing, grumpy old man. If we could ever get some of these players, you know, we're talking years down the road after they, they retire from hockey on the podcast. I'm telling you, if if Anders Lee were to ever come on this podcast, I'd have to make a montage. And it won't be tough. 
I could just go and pick any episode I want, and I could just go ahead and pull up all these clips and you talk about how average is. Hey, and Grump, it would be so fun. I think it would be fun to have him on the podcast there and to riff back and forth a little bit. Okay, but if he was truthful, he'd admit that he's an average skater. He's a below average skater, but he's an average skater. He's an average passer. There's a lot of things he do that does that are just average. Now he does something. He stands in front of the net where he's above average. That is. <laughs> I'm gonna say he's dominant in front of the net, bro. Okay. He's been do- he's been dominant so far this season. Not above average dominant. I got a few more comp- uh, comments here. Uh, the Wicked Fifty Cal from YouTube uh, says, "What's going on, guys? Sorry, new to the program. What do you guys think of Sorokin so far? At least for today, he allowed uh, he allowed one bad goal. Uh, the second one, and made some huge stops after that. Grumpy, I'll let you go ahead and take this one here first. Yeah, he's not been a rock back there. The second goal is you can't let that goal in. And honestly, they had. Buffalo had all the momentum after that goal. I'm like, can this actually be happening that we're going to wind up somehow tying and losing to Buffalo? And then, you know, we had Tumbleine out there who saved the day with this hideous turnover to Clutterbuck and then falling on the ice to let him do a couple of pirouettes and spin moves where anyone decided to even come back and challenge him. And he roofed it on the backhand uh, over Johansson. So good for us. Uh, but Sorokin, I think he's getting better. He makes some stop, stops that uh, Varlamov couldn't make, but I think he gives up some goals that Varlamov does make saves on. So uh, I'll t- I'll tell you this: you talked about could this really be happening when we surrendered those two goals to the Buffalo Sabers? Here's my thing: if we had Jack Capuano or Doug Wade as coach, I would be worried. For certain, I would, because how many times did we see a comeback like that where the Islanders would have a substantial lead and they'd find a way to throw up on themselves and lose the game? That being said, it very rarely, if at all, happens with Barry Trotz. Even though we, we were still up 3-2, to two, I still felt with 100% confidence. Even if the game went to overtime, we were still winning. Barry wasn't even concerned because he didn't even consider using his timeout. At least I don't think he did. Even though, I mean, they scored two goals pretty quick and didn't call a timeout. We're against a good team. I think you do call a timeout there. Um, but I guess he just wasn't worried about Buffalo. And, you know, we went 5-2. to two, So, you know, is what it is. Oh, gosh. Oh, goodness. Here's Brian B. saying, Lee is just super fantastic. Or just super fantastic. Wow, he's super. I think how lucky we are. We signed him for another <laughs> – and think how lucky we are. He signed for another 10 years laughing and dying face. I'll tell you, he's doing exactly what we want him to do now. I still think towards the end of that contract, a man, oh man, we better find a way to offload it. He better be on long-term injury. I don't know. Long-term, that is going to be a hideous contract to have. Yeah, without a doubt. I just wonder who's going to be playing longer, uh, Andrew Lee or Tom Brady. That's what I want to know. Andrew Lee's going to be. Tom. I know you love Tom Brady. He's going to slow down. I gave him maybe two years left. Two years and he's done. I mean, come on. He'll be 45 years old then. Again, he's the ageless wonder, but yeah, come on. There's eventually a time period when it's just you get to yourself and you think to yourself, you know what? I want to spend time with my kids. You know what I mean? I've been playing, you know, been part of the NFL there for a long time period, which, you know, has devoted a lot of my time. Maybe I want to spend some time with my kids. They're now middle school, high school. I want to be able to spend there, go to their games, et cetera. You don't know that. Maybe his kids are rotten. Maybe he doesn't want to spend any time with them. Maybe his wife is a harpy. Maybe he doesn't want to spend that much time with her. I mean, you ever? I mean, you know. Come on. I've heard. Some, I've heard some things she's done. Oh goodness, grumpy old man. Grumpy old man. Um, 
Here we go. Uh, Tommy B also saying, when we hit the halfway mark after next Saturday's game in Jersey, we'll have a total of 10 games out of 28 left against three against the Devils, five against the Rangers, and two against Buffalo. So people know what they're what we are looking at here in the second half. That's right. Definitely the second half of the season will be a tough stretch for certain. You're With playing 18, 18 games that are going to be against playoff – and, again, I'm using quotation marks – playoff caliber teams. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's – we're going to find out what this team is made of starting next week. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. I mean, I – like I said, we can't we can't take regulation losses, um, but I'm feeling okay. If we continue to play this way, I feel okay with our chances of making the playoffs. And then we got a comment here from Frank K saying the Lightning are not human; they may repeat. Kucherov will be back for the playoffs too. I don't see anybody beating them. I'll tell you, unless like, hey, hockey is a crazy sport, I've seen crazier things happen, injuries happen, etc. But man, oh man, the Tampa Bay Lightning are picking up right where they left off last year after winning the Stanley Cup. I said it before; they remind me of the Islanders of the '80s. Uh, they can play any game that you need to play, and that's what makes them special. I didn't think Kucherov was coming back this year. Um, I, I didn't think he was coming back this year. Maybe, maybe I'm incorrect, but I didn't think he was coming back. They don't even need him. They don't even need him. David C. saying, not impressed by Sorokin has been shaky to me. There are times when he'll let in – I think maybe he loses a little bit of concentration at times. Uh, but he makes some saves that are truly spectacular. I was about to say, and the thing is, once he gets the rebound control completed and sorted, I think he, you're, looking at, you're looking at a damn good goalie. I, I think you're looking at a guy who could be a rock back there and could be a consistent starter back there in net for you. Um, Luongo had the same issue when he was – even when he was with uh, Florida. For the first and, stint. Yeah, where he had issues. That was, the, that was his big thing. He'd stop any shot, but his rebound control wasn't good. When he finally learned that, that's when he took the jump to, you know, elite goaltender. I mean, that's when he took the jump from – I'd say he was already a pretty damn good goalie before even with Florida. But, I mean, he he put himself in uh, in the cat, in the category there for potential Hall of Fame caliber goalie. Um, gotcha. And David C. saying, Grump, did you miss A.J.'s hair today? I never do. I mean, I, honestly, I, I, I just watched the intermissions just to look at her hair. I mean, I know it's sad, but I do that. Okay, here we go. Brian B is saying definitely playing well. However, I think we need to take a timeout before we get all, we all get fitted for Stanley Cup rings. It's it was the Sabres this weekend for certain. Brian B. Brian, That's- Brian, Brian is my brother from another mother. That's all I have to say. He and I think a lot alike. <laughs> it's again, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. We were playing again one of the bottom five teams in the NHL and the Buffalo Sabres, who are crashing and burning at the moment. Um, <laughs> A head coach probably has got one foot out the door already. Things are not looking good for the Buffalo Sabres. So, again, even though we did look dominant and we are on eight-game point streak, and I, I expect I expect the point streak to continue. If we're able to beat Boston here on Tuesday or at least get a point against Boston, I don't expect us to have any trouble at least getting a loser point against the Devils in all now, three games a weekend. Do you remember when we predicted this little series of games, how many points I said we were going to get out of those 12? Do you remember? I do not recall. I said 10, and you said, oh, eight, I guess, maybe seven. I don't know. I think I said zero points because I'm the I'm the negative one, right, Grump? 
I just think that you're a failure as a, as a prognosticator. That's all. Oh, gosh. Grumpy old man. I'll tell you. There's something else here. Um, we're just about here rolling through uh, Grumpy Old Man finishing you know, up. It's funny. when I, you know, I think of the movie Pulp Fiction when I see Brian's comment there when Mr. Wolf, and I'm not going to say what he said because it's a little profane, uh, when Mr. Wolf uh, says to John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson after they had uh, they blew Marvin's head off in the car and they had to clean everything up, and they were all excited because they were just about done. Then uh, Mr. Wolf, who was Harvey Keitel, had a nice little saying. And anyone, I really advocate watching that movie and looking at that thing. And he said, maybe we shouldn't do something qu just quite yet. So, but I don't want to be profane on the podcast. Yes, Chrome. I'm glad you're able to contain yourself here. Uh, David C., no, have the fire hydrant, just have not been drinking as much out of it today. I tried to hydrate before the podcast. Woke up early today. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so grumpy old man. I think we are well. Oh yeah, I guess the oh TJ's regular thing is drinking from the hydrant. Fair enough. Well, if, if, if you were if you were if you were plopping down if you were plopping down the free bingo chart, I can promise you, no matter what, you're always going to have me drinking out of that fire hydrant. Um, grumpy old man. Breaking news. Oh, great to got his haircut. Oh wow, uh, grumpy. Uh, what else you have to say here, Grump? I know we're just. I'm sorting through comments right here. I, we're kind of towards the end. I just want to get your little last comments here, Grump. I know it's shorter than we have had our podcast here in the past, Grump. But what else you have to say here? Yeah, like I said, I know I've been kind of all over the place, and that's what happens when I have three games. That I, it's it's real, real tough for me because I mean, I'm not saying I'm scattered, but I'm saying you know. I'm an in-the-moment guy, so when I have to try to tie everything in and you're jumping all over the place, it leads me to jumping all over the place. And like I said, I just use a notepad. I don't have, you know, a presidential teleprompter up here that I can read off of. So, you know, I noticed you jumped on me earlier. For, oh, what? hey, we don't have your attention over here today. What are you doing over there? It's because I'm, I'm, I'm – I bet you have no notes on what these games look like, do you? Probably none. But here, I'm prepared for you. Yeah, whatever. There's nothing on there. Well, it looks like you're just coloring in crayon like a two-year-old. Yeah, but, that's me, Grump. I color in crayon like a two-year-old. I, I do put some stuff down here that's that's interesting for me. Uh, well, we've got a few cutting comments here, Grump. Uh, David, I, hold on, yeah. Grump. David C. saying possible. Is it possible that Average is using Barry Bonds as pharmacist this season, Grump? No. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. It's funny, but no. I, I, you know, Truthfully, I would say no. Oh, gosh. And Tommy B wants to know, uh, don't you think if Frank needs to cut his hair if we win the cup? Now, Frank is a uh, grumpy old man, has the long and luscious locks, grumpy old man. That would be something, wouldn't it, if they won if Frank does shave his head? Oh, God. I am jealous of Frank and his ability to grow hair like that. I will say it. Now, I don't know if that's an old picture or a new picture, um, but if that's a current picture, I, I mean, I'm going to say I would not make Frank – Shave his uh, shave his head or get his hair cut because it looks like he's been growing that from a long time for a long time and that's probably part of his identity. So I would you know I like the identity line. That's probably mm. Frank's identity. Oh goodness. Um, Jerry Jerry asked saying, uh, do you all think that uh, Buffalo will pick up D'Angelo in a trade possible for Eichel? I don't I don't think D'Angelo has any value. No, unless it's just a. I, I mean, does D'Angelo doesn't play any defense either? Is that what they need? <laughs> I mean, you know. another one of those guys who's just completely offensive minded. I mean, D'Angelo is a relatively small guy. He's enough to, yeah, remind, 
I'll tell you, you see more and more of the defenders like the Ryan Ellis's, not necessarily overly huge, not hulking defenders, kind of like more puck moving guys like the Quinn Hughes, things like that, where they're more focused on offensive production rather than defensive, defensive, uh, a stalwart on the defensive side of the puck where they will shut down opposing teams' offenses. That's the way we're seeing the game shape and kind of move towards their grumpy, which again makes guys like Noah Dobson even more valuable. Yeah, more important to me is, is this Jerry Springer, the former mayor of Cincinnati and the host of the Jerry Springer show? That's what I was interested in. I don't know. No, I don't think this is that Jerry Springer. Okay. Uh, Scott L. is saying, uh, what losing organization will Hall play for next year? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be in line for another one-year deal somewhere. And I think if he continues like he's playing now, he's going to have a tough time getting the eight million he got this year. You know, but maybe some team says, okay, you know, we can turn him around. I don't know, or we put him in a better situation. If it's a losing team, it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I said, I've always been underwhelmed by him. Even when he won the the, uh, the MVP of the league, I was like, really? What? He led the league in scoring that year, Grumpy. So I think that's that's the reason. Or maybe it was gold scored. I can't remember exactly oh, what he led. led. It was he led the league in scoring one year. And I was like, really? Okay. Oh, he also did take a miserable Devils team to the playoffs. So again, it's worth taking everything there with a grain of salt here, Grump. We're almost here through. Frank did want to let you know though. Yeah, the hair's real and it's a current photo there uh, and current pick. But Grumpy, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap things up today? No, I just want to thank everybody. I mean, you know, we have a great time. I, it, I mean, I just have so much fun talking with TJ and uh, talking with the people who listen to the podcast. It's just, it's just a great amount of fun for me. Yep. And again, ready for listening. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys, who tuned in there to the live stream and watched there and listened to us. Grumpy old and I, grumpy old man and myself love being able to talk hockey there and love being able to talk sports and, and interact with the people who do listen to the podcast and live stream. So thank you so much there for being here and participating here, guys. And thank you, grumpy old man. Uh, now, what is your prediction for the Boston Bruins game? I say, uh, you know what? I was going to go all in. Oh, so it's just Tuesday. So we only have one game before the Wednesday podcast. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, you know what? I say we're going to win. I, I can't help it. I'm an Islander fan through and through. Uh, I'm saying we're going to win. I love how you have to try to justify. I'm an Islander fan through and through. Well, I, I, I don't like picking against them. I mean, you know. I mean, last year I picked them to beat Tampa Bay, and I knew that we weren't going to beat Tampa Bay, but I still picked them to win. But I, I think I think, I think, think we at least get a point out of Boston. I'm hoping to. I'm not, I really am conflicted on it because I think we could win. I think the way we're playing, I think we have confidence. We have momentum in the same token, though. It's easy when you're starting to win games like that on a consistent basis to kind of think that you're you're doing well. Like, well, you know what I mean? We could just roll in. We just have absolutely floored and destroyed the Buffalo Sabres three games in a row. Now we're playing the Boston Bruins. And it's easy to come out. If you come out even a little bit content or a little bit happy with the style that you've been playing recently against the Buffalo Sabres, it's really easy for that mindset to kind of go ahead and sink in and it only takes one period for you to get behind and if the buff if the boston bruins get up like that two or three goals i mean you're looking at a real uphill battle i am going overtime loss against the boss or the uh the boston bruins there grumpy old man one thing i will predict is i think the tuka rask will play in net for them against us on tuesday and he's, be he's been hot he's been hot he kept them in the game against washington earlier in the week he was fantastic <sighs> 
Oh gosh, Joe F is saying, "Grumpy, you restored my faith in you for now." Oh gosh, you got a whole bunch of good shows there. Thanks so much, guys. Um, thank you, Grumpy old man. Thank you everybody for tuned in. We'll be back with you here, guys, on Wednesday after, I guess, Wednesday at uh, seven o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Thank you again, Grumpy old man. My pleasure as always. Okay, goodbye.